Welcome into the Instant Reacts podcast, the state championship edition for Class 1A. We have a Class 1A state champion, and it's Camp Point Central. Now, Kyle, we've done this uh, Instant Reacts podcast after the state championship game, the Class 1A state championship, for this is our third annual one. But for the first time, we have a different outcome. It's not the Lee Win Panthers getting the win here. It's Camp Point Central, I think. You know, I guess technically it's an upset. But I, I think that we had talked about it in the preview that this was going to be a battle. And Mitch, you said it best. Mitch can't or uh, Mitch Stormer joining me. Kyle Kentmeyer from NUICfootball.com. Logan Walters here again from WIVC Football. So you know, Mitch, you talked about it being a heavyweight fight, and it certainly was every bit of that. We have Kyle Kentmeyer and Logan Walters who are uh, you know on location. They they took in the game firsthand in person. So we'll get to Kyle and get to Logan first. Tell us about this game. It it was a classic. It was a classic defensive battle. Yeah, I mean, right from the get-go, you saw CPC have some struggles to get the ball moving. They were definitely out-muscled up front against Lena Winslow, were forced into a three-and-out quickly, punted the ball. And then we watched Lena Winslow basically put together what I would call probably their best drive of the entire day. But then – they did a bend but do not break style defense where they're able to turn Lena Winslow away at the six-yard line, and that kind of started to change some of the momentum a little bit in that game from that first stop. Yeah, Logan, what um, you know, you got to be happy for your uh, for your WIVC here. The conference is bringing home a state championship in Camp Point Central, and after last year you know, falling short and Camp Point Central fell short to Forest in a few years back. So, you know, like Brad Dixon said, kind of exercising some demons here and getting the win over the Northwest Upstate Illini. Uh, yeah, Camp Point brings home the, the first title, I believe, since 2008 to the WIBC, back when Triopia took it home. Uh, and they really couldn't have done it without outstanding performances from both, you know, Elijah Ginnenbacher on both sides of the ball, Caden Ekamp on the defensive side of the ball. I've been telling everybody here, if you had trouble finding the ball in that game, you just had to find number 52 on the white team, and he was there. Yeah, incredible defensive performance, you know, for Camp Point Central to do what they did, to shut out Lena Winslow, that is a statement. I mean, that's that's a statement made. Winning the game is one thing, but a shutout performance. Mitch, you had your eyes on this one throughout the morning as well. You know, tell us about what you saw and what impressed you. Yeah, I think Coach Aaron said it best in his postgame interview uh, with, with 92-1. He said that Camp Point Central did to them what they've been doing to teams over the past, you know, certainly four years and beyond. So, um yeah, we, we talked about how we thought that these two teams were so eerily similar. And I, I too, Greg, thought about that, if this was an upset or not. And it's hard, it's hard for me to, to say that it, it was since so, the teams were so close. But it is in the sense that you were, you know, CPC was going up against the three-time defending 1A champions on a 19-game post-game winning streak on a 32-game winning streak. So, like, in that sense, certainly it is. Um, but when you saw how Camp Point dominated the game – um, on defense, certainly, I don't. I don't think these two teams were at all. Um, I, I don't think CPC was overly matched or a, an underdog, so to speak, in the game. So to say it was an upset, I, I guess in a sense, but you know, it, it's really it's all credit to CPC who really played better than Lena Winslow in all facets of the game, it, especially their punting. I mean, Kyle can talk about that, and Logan can talk about that too. But 
any any chance that when Lee Wynn was getting the ball back late, the, the kicking game, which we've talked about in other aspects of uh, onside kicks or whatever, but the punting just put Lena Winslow in such a bad place to ever try and come up from from underneath. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that, Kyle. It's executing in all three phases, and that that special teams we've talked a lot about it for Camp Point Central. It it's given them that little bit of extra edge throughout the playoffs. Yeah, that's one of the things I mentioned to Logan in the first half of the game. I said this is definitely turning into a field position battle and you could see at the start of the game that field position was definitely favoring Lena Winslow but then they were able to quickly turn the tide and grab some more momentum to where then their drive started to begin at their own 36 40 yard lines as they were creeping more towards midfield and then they had the one drive there that started, I think, at their own 45 that Gennenbacher eventually scored on from 23 yards out for his longest run of the day. Um, I believe that was his longest run of the day anyway. At least it was at that time. Um, and uh, and that was with 5'10 left in the first half. So um, field position and punting, Nick Moore did an awesome job with his punting. They were able to definitely drive it. Two punts, pin them inside the 10 twice, yeah. two of them. Yeah. And I really kind of thought, honestly, that whoever dominated time as possession would be the winner of this game. But uh, it says here, Lena Winslow had had the ball for 26 minutes compared to Camp Point's 21. Uh, so I think that also kind of just preaches to how how uh, great on special teams uh, Camp Point was because they were able to set themselves up. Logan, talk about – Yeah, Logan, talk about, you know, this defensive effort. And you talked about – how the experience was going to play a factor. And also on the other side of things, um, you know, coach Brad Dixon had referenced that experience, but also just talking about not only just having been in the game last year, but learning from the game last year and knowing kind of what assignments, recognizing reads, knowing where to be and when, and making the tackle on the first hit. How much of that did you see today where not just experience, not just being one year older, but really having scouted this team and having that game film to prep one more for this next you know rematch i kind of noticed all year camp point this year was just even last year they were pretty good but they're playing this line and using that sideline as a 12th defender i think that helped a lot and like again going back on the experience thing brad himself said that was very that was very important well you know at the end of the game, obviously, being that it was a rematch and it was Lena Winslow coming – or it was Camp Point Central coming away with the win over Lena Winslow, you know, it was kind of – the word revenge was kind of tossed around a little bit. But even um, – I don't know if it was one of the announcers on the broadcast even said that maybe it wasn't even so much a revenge game, but it was just that this was Camp Point Central's time, that they really put themselves in a position to play their best football – not only of the year, but, you know, the best football that anyone's seen in class 1A this season at the right time. They were geared up for this, and it all, like we said, it all kind of set itself up over that rematch last year or coming back with the game this year. You know, Kyle, talk about these two programs being mirror images of each other, but the respect level. You can really hear it when Coach Aaron talks and when Coach Dixon talks about the other program. It's that respect because it's, Camp Point Central doing what the NUIC has had such success doing over the years? Well, it's one of those things that we've talked about in the past um, with Brad Dixon is he has done a lot of research over the last six, seven years on NUIC teams. We've talked about it. I've, I've talked to Coach Dixon through Messenger 
Gene, on some of the things he's done. I mean, he's focused in on how Forreston and Lena Winslow have both done and, and have been very effective with it. And, you know, returning 12 guys from last year, they still did lose nine guys off of last year's team, but returning 12 guys, they had the experience, they had the ability to know exactly what Lena Winslow was going to bring. Coach Aaron said in the press conference as well that, you know, you knew that they were fast, but you can't really prepare for that fast because you can't see how fast they truly are on film until you get out there in person. And, you know, Gennenbacher did a great job from his middle linebacker position and run support. Caden <clears throat> Kneecap at his defensive end position just lit up the whole edge. I mean, he shut down the whole half of the field all game long. I mean, there was one play he met Dunker right in the right in a gap and it was like, oh, my gosh, where did he come from, you know? <laughs> There were multiple plays where he would come around from the backside and just shut the play down as well. And I going back to the revenge thing, I don't know if I necessarily like the word revenge just because of how much respect these two teams have for each other, both coach from, from the players to the coaching staff. You know, I, I think that Camp Point's been working on this since 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 they lost last year. I think like you're right. I think they were just it's just their time. Yeah, I mean, just the way that this program has built up. You know, I'm really happy. Kyle, you said it right before we got going here. I'm just really happy for Coach Dixon and for that program because the way that they've been building up and it was always the, you know, the the juggernaut of the NUIC, that was the last step. That was kind of the last hurdle for this program. And he talked about in his interview with me last week that, you know, they wanted to finally be a team from the southern half of the state to knock off somebody from the North because, you know, it's no secret. We talk about it every week on the show, essentially that the North is, is bringing a stronger, a stronger brand of football. And for this camp point central team to finally, after struggling to get it done, finally get it done. I'm really happy for, you know, for coach Dixon and that program. And we, right before we hit record, we had a quick cameo, a quick shout out from Jim Taylor. Of course, we have to mention that, Coach Brad Dixon is from our area, from our view from the West coverage area. He's a Westmer High School graduate, now co-opt or uh, merged in with Alito, and he was from New Boston. His dad was the former mayor of New Boston, but I think that the new mayor in uh, Camp Point Central, the new mayor in Camp Point is uh, is Brad Dixon. He's There's going to be quite a celebration headed back there, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow, whatever it is. It's going to be a fun time for them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even Coach Dixon said in his press conference, you know, they were able to get their first meaningful touchdown, not against the subs in that game, you know, against Forreston and back in 2018, they were down 44 to nothing by the time they finally scored. And of course, last year against Lena Winslow, they scored with 25 seconds left in the game when it was already a 30 to nothing game. So for them to be able to get not just the first score, but to get the score against the starting defense, that really built more into the confidence that we've been talking about them having over the past couple of weeks when we've brought CPC up and, you know, the, the uh, level of play that they've continued to show us all season long and um, the, the confidence that they've had in not just their abilities, but their trust in each other as a team, you really saw it. I mean, going back again to that all tough game, that was going to take a, a physical disciplined team in order to knock them off. And they were able to do that in many different facets. And, and here again today, you know, they, they, you know, I think Dixon said it best in the press conference. We had to have a rematch with Calhoun. 
Then we're looking down the tunnel at Altoff, which nobody really gave us a chance for. Then we're looking at a WIBC championship with 13-0 Greenfield Northwest or 12-0 Greenfield Northwestern. And then if we win that, now we got Lena Winslow, who are the kings of Class 1A for the last several years. He goes, there was no easy path to this. So we had to know what exactly we needed to do and what we wanted to do in order to make it happen. And they did that. I mean, I, I yeah, you, you said it. You're like, man, you're awfully excited for for having your school or for having your team representative lose. But I'm with you guys. I am very excited that Coach Dixon got a championship win. They were able to do it against a team that was making their fourth consecutive state championship appearance, was on a 32-game win, winning streak, had won 19 consecutive playoff games, and just did everything in so many facets to uh, earn that victory. And, yeah, I'm, I, I'm excited for them and their program. I enjoy watching how they play football. I enjoy what he does with his program. I enjoy how he tries to – bring a physical style of play and, and like somebody said on social media i said i saw a little while ago the south rises again <laughs> first first south team to win it since 2015 it's 2015 so that's what six years uh eight years yep my math isn't great i went to try yeah. <laughs> what you know i just really want to go, go, go ahead, ahead. I'm sorry go ahead I just really kind of want to give a shout out again to Camp Point's offensive line. You know, they were outsized by Greenfield. Uh, Althoff was a bit bigger than them. And obviously, Lena Winslow, I think, on average, outweighed them uh, by close to 40 pounds on average on the line. Uh, I think it really shows just how physical this Camp Point team is, the fact that they've been so outsized the last three games and they've still been able to control the line of, the, the line of scrimmage the way they have. Yeah, what I thought was uh, really interesting in this game is I talked to Coach Dixon about the way that this Camp Point Central team really kind of spread out, um, you know, gave gave a variety of different looks at running back throughout the season. You know, you really didn't have one running back that was above and beyond carries, was really taking, you know, the the, the bulk of the load. But that being said, he had mentioned that the reason they were doing that is to make sure guys stay healthy, right? That you don't want to pound it with one guy repeatedly and you more, you increase that risk of him being hurt. So they always emphasize like one and a half way players that you had, you know, guys that would play defense, but then only a little bit on offense and share that, you know, spread the wealth. But then what's really fascinating is you get into this state championship game and look where they go. Gennenbacher ends up with 24 carries and leads the way with 141 yards on the ground. The next one, Pavin only had six touches in this one. So I think what's really interesting is that in the game, in the state championship game, when there's only one game left to win, you really see yourself going to the best weapon you have, and that was Gennenbacher. He really looked good today. Mitch, what did you see from him? He really, behind a strong offensive line, was able to punch the ball through that hole. Yeah, and he, he brought the fight every carry that he had. He, you know, puts his helmet down and, and will knock you out, and, and you don't see that a whole lot. But, um, you know, what I was what I was going to say uh, earlier was that I think, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, this is only the second time in the last 10 years that a non-NUIC team has won a state championship. I think that's correct. Yes, that's up. correct. Yep, that's yeah. correct. Was Mitch, was Mitch um, saying on the podcast he would be very surprised or upset if the team that had more passing yards won the game? Camp Point had 72 passing yards. 
It worked. It worked for them. It's what they needed to do there, especially in that first half on that long drive. They had that 34-yard pass to Thompson and just set him up. So, yeah, they had there, a win too. So that, you know, that was a that was probably strategic. That, that was a huge factor, and actually Dixon brought that up to where in the he he set up till that Lena Winslow would um, be uh, with the wind in the third quarter, so that they could be with the wind in the fourth quarter and yeah. you know it, he, he did play that strategy into his game plan and decision making this is a tweet from chris Dewar that i just retweeted it says quote i'm waiting in the, to interview Caden Ecamp. rick aaron walks up congratulates the central kids asks Caden, just a sophomore huh and casually immediately suggests that he should transfer to a bigger school <laughs> <laughs> That that that's priceless right there. You know he may not have his driver's license yet, but he can still say he's a state champ. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Well, he played like a man. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Look at looking kind of big picture here. You know, every year we inevitably talk about playoff brackets and the one through sixteen. I think the nice thing is this year. I think we can all really agree that. I think the best two teams were on the field today in class 1A. I think that you you had the best state championship matchup you could find. That's not always the case. This year, I think it definitely was that case. Definitely make the argument. Uh, I believe Lena won 30-8. to eight. Uh, Who did Lena have in the semis last year? Forreston. Forreston. And what was that for? It was 30 30- Eight to six. Really, was thirty-eight to eight. Full scored in garbage time to close that gap. For Lena Winslow dominated that semifinal game last year. I'm pretty confident we had both the two best teams on the field today. Oh, easily, easily for sure. Yep, and I love it. I'm very shocked we didn't see a single pass from Lena. I thought we'd see at least one, especially when they were third and ten down there. Uh, well, like five minutes left, four or five minutes left. Yeah. Overall, you know, I think when you, you know, when it comes down to it, you want to see the best game on the field in the state championship. And, you know, this year held at Hancock Stadium. I'll ask uh, Kyle and Logan, what are your thoughts on the, uh, you know, the ISU experience here? Venue's been great. Um, we are both able to get down on the field um, shortly before 830 this morning after finding our place in the press box here. Um the press box view is very nice. Um, going down to the field level was very easy to get down yeah. there. The playing surface was superb. I mean, it matches everything that you uh, that you would expect for a state championship uh, final game. But, I mean, the turf is very similar to what it feels like at U of I. So, um, Illinois State has done a phenomenal job. Um, U itself definitely beats that of NIU. So, Absolutely. Um, definitely, def- definitely love the venue. It's it, it's a great place. Um, it's it's exciting. I mean, I don't know if you guys could see it on the TV or anything, but there was a lot of fans in the stands for that one A state championship game. Yeah, I, I started off. Uh, I went to DeKalb that first uh, back in twenty twenty one when Carrollton played Lena, and then last year, obviously, I was in Champaign, and this year in uh, in um, in Bloomington. Uh, and I have to say, uh, this venue and. Uh, and Champaign uh, Memorial Stadium, Memorial Stadium, they're uh, they're very comparable. Yeah, yeah. Not the press box experience. The press box experience. It's very nice. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. Overall, uh, you know, final thoughts, or are we are we to the final thoughts portion here? I guess. Uh, you know, Mitch, what what stands out to you today? What stands out to you throughout this regular season when you start looking at you know Lena Winslow, Camp Point Central, and Class One A? Yeah, I, I, I 
trying to think about what I don't know all of what CPC brings back other than knee camp, but I, you know, it, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that we could see this again in a rubber match, um, which I, I doubt that's ever happened, but um, yeah, the future for, for both teams is bright. I, I think for Lena, they're going to lose some really good players. And Kyle, you tweeted that Gage Junker broke the single season NUIC record. Coburn um, Mitchell kind of take over that role next year. Um, but they've got a lot of guys coming back. So this was a great year for Lena Winslow. This, the runner-up finish does not take anything away from that. Um, I, I saw listen, I saw a headline from Rockford Register Star that said Dynasty denied. And I, I don't agree with that at all. I think what they were trying to probably say was that maybe, you know, it would have been the first – one a team to win four in a row, but I don't think that means that it wasn't a dynasty <laughs> or anything like that. So there's nothing to be ashamed of, of, uh, of a run up for especially to, to a team like CPC and, and for CPC, congratulations to them. Obviously they've won 27 of their last 28 games. They, they got uh, avenged on uh, against Lena Winslow. So, you know, that, that game capped off uh, a great season. So it was a very fitting end. I thought um, despite, a loss for the team in our, our coverage area. Yeah. So let's get, let's get this stat out here. Sorry, Greg, I'm going to interject, but um, Gage Dunker did finish the season with 2,604 yards and 41 touchdowns, both our new NUIC single season records. So while the game didn't go the way they wanted it to, the records are still there and it's just an incredible accomplishment. And, you know, watching, uh, Gage perform over the last two and a half years, really, uh, you know, really three years, but, you know, he came on late as a sophomore, you know, watching him do what he did has just been absolutely phenomenal to say the least. And um, yeah, what a career, what a career for number four. Yeah. And, and shout, out to that, shout out to that line, that old line at Lee women. We don't, I don't think we give them enough love, but I mean, that's year after year after year, they've, they've put how many thousands of rushing yards up. So uh, kudos to them. I don't think I'll be. I, don't, I won't be shocked at all if we see these two teams back again. Yeah, that would be that would be that'd be awesome. You know, if, if these two match up again. Camp Point is returning a, a fair amount of starters. You know, you have uh, Nate Peters as a junior running back who saw some time this year. He's going to be returning. Obviously, Elijah Ginnenbacher and uh, uh, Caden Ecamp are returning. Jaden Summy, their center. He's returning as well, but they are going to be – they're going to be losing a lot as well too. But they're, they're not going to be completely, completely depleted. They do have some people coming back. Yep. yep. Well, you know – Lena Winslow – Go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was going to say Lena Winslow did finish the season with 5,202 rushing yards. So it's the most in school history and the third most in NUIC history as well. Before we kind of look a little, you know, big picture here um, on Lena Winslow and what they've accomplished, um, what uh, what's Lena Winslow look like next year? They obviously lose Gage Dunker. They have another younger Dunker coming back, and Coburn Lynch will be back. I'm guessing he'll get a, a bulk of the carries based on what we saw this year. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to have Tanner Temple back. You're going to have Dan and Dunker back. Uh, Jimmy Goble will be back. Landon Grittendy will be back. Um, like you said, you got uh, – who else was it? It was Colburn Lynch. Lynch. will be back. So you, you got quite a few guys that are still returning. Miles Mann wasn't a starter, but he did play quite a bit as a sophomore this year. 
so he'll be back. Uh, Jalen Urkowska was only a junior, so he's going to be back. Um, they're going to have a quarterback next year who did not gain playing time this year, but Cash Lessman will be most likely the quarterback uh, when we turn into the 2024 season. Kyle, can, I think he, was, can he sling it? I heard rumors that he can throw. I've, I, I have not seen him play, but I have heard the same thing, that he can throw the ball. The, the broadcast didn't bring up that specific note, but they brought up that the JV team for, for Lee win was really good this year, and they'll be bringing they'll be bringing in a lot of talent up to varsity next year. Yep. I think it was Jalen Rakowska had the only actual turnover of the game. He he uh, intercepted Elijah Ginnenbacher's pass. It was a halfback pass. Uh, I think that was the only turnover of the game, excluding uh, turnover on downs. And then yeah. let's not forget either. Well, they're, they're going to have Alex back too, who um, got hurt in a JV game here a couple weeks ago. And we've talked about him um, earlier in the season having some electric speed, but he's pretty much been held out for the last several weeks now. So um, it, they're, they're definitely going to be able to regroup here um, and, and make some noise, you know. You know, I'm sorry, I said Tanner Kemple. I meant Luke Kemple returns, not Tanner. Tanner is a senior. Luke okay. Kemple returns. Yeah, they punted five today. They punted five times all year. Lena did. Yeah, wow. that's a crazy thing, too. There you go. Lena wins five times today that doubled their, doubled their punts for the year. I Yeah, I assume. I didn't know the hard and fast, you know, fact numbers. But, yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um. Well, you know, I, Mitch, I would, getting back to the dynasty denied, you know, headline, I, I would agree. I think that's that's taking it too far. It's probably trying to use the alliteration to be, you know, a, a catchy headline. But in reality, this is a dynasty in itself anyway. You didn't get to the four in a row, but the way that they had their three in a row, and I think what everybody kind of forgets in that three in a row is that one of those years, they were denied a chance to play for a state championship because of the COVID season you know, denying them. And in that season, they went undefeated, only losing to Princeton in a game where if Mari Roby stays healthy, maybe they win and go undefeated that season too, in that spring season. Now that spring season, those records are what they are. It didn't mean anything. There was no, you know, post game to compete for. But don't you think at the end of the day, their, their run here, what I would call their dynasty, is a little bit more impressive based on being interrupted right in the middle of it with a season where you couldn't compete for a state title. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's just been sustained success. And again, I, I don't think it takes four, four state championships in a row to uh, to make a team a dynasty. So I don't think they meant anything maybe, you know, poorly with that headline. I just don't think it was worded uh, correctly. But yeah, yeah no, uh, no shame. And, and again, no shame in bringing home a, a runner up here this year. And uh, again, another trophy to be added to their, to their trophy case. And it's first or second, no matter what it is, it, it's a great addition. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they still have a dynasty going. They're still the first Class 1A team to make four state championship title game appearances. They were still here today. Um, they're still going to be one of the favorites again when we turn into 2024, as will CPC for that matter. So the dynasty really isn't over just because you lost one. You know, you still have the aura of being there, um, being a six-time state champ. You know, 
yes, you lost one today. You didn't get the chance. You didn't get the four in a row that you were hoping for. Um, but like you said, you, you, you take a look back at um, Gage Dunker said it best in the press conference, you know, outside of the COVID year, these guys had never lost a game until uh, today. Wow. You know, outside, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say they never lost a game. They never lost a state champion. They never lost a playoff game until yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's not easy. And um, at the same time, you know, it's still a dynasty. I mean, they're yep. still yep. – until it's truly over, then you can say no more dynasty. But yeah. it, it, to me, it's still it's still going. It has not actually ended. As a Patriots fan myself, I'd say this is definitely a dynasty. It's not over. I mean, you have six titles in what since 2010, so that's six titles in 13 years. Patriots lost some during their dynasty. You know, you can't win them all. You know, it's very possible to see them come back next. You know, next year, and who knows what'll happen. Yeah. Well, Kyle, we kind of talked about it. You know, throughout the episode, what you know, different players have said, what coach said in his post game, you know, remarks, but in reference to kind of the dynasty or what they've put together, you know, some more big picture stuff. What was, uh, what did he mention as his uh, message to the team, you know, talking to the players afterwards? Cause obviously it's a, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow no matter how many times you won before you never want to see a certain group lose in a state championship game. What was his message to the team? What did he say afterwards? You know, he didn't really say precisely what he had stated to the team outside of the fact that, you know, they, they worked hard. Um, they, they just got beat today and, um, you know, there's nothing that you can do except tip your cap to the CPC for a job well done. And, you know, the, the biggest takeaway was just the team speed that CPC had was hard for them to overcome. And they knew, like I said, they knew that they were, he said that they knew that they were going to be fast, but you just could not plan and scout to how fast they truly were until you faced them one-on-one. Overall, you know, he felt really good with how the team played. They just didn't get anything done today. Yeah. Um, You know, one of my favorite coaches I ever, you know, covered, uh, Rock Island head coach and Geneseo, former Geneseo head coach Vic Boblett, used to say, always be humble in victory, gracious in defeat. And I think you really saw that play out at the end of this game when – CPC was kneeling down to clock it out. There was still about 55 seconds left as it was winding down. Players shaking hands, players hugging. You saw a ton of mutual respect there. You see or heard that mutual respect between the coaches. That's what, that's great. I mean, that was what really made me feel good. And I think that's why we're talking positively, you know, so much about this accomplishment and being happy for Camp Point Central because. You know, the reasons we like the, a lot of the teams we cover in our area, including Lena Winslow, is what you saw play out in Camp Point Central. So credit to both teams, really handling themselves great all year. But in this game in particular, when it's all there, it's all on the line. A lot of emotions are there. These guys, players, coaches alike, showed a lot of mutual respect. That's a ton of fun to see. That that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we were talking about it earlier in the game when you're watching players helping each other up from exactly. both sides of the uh, both sides of the field. And um, then on top of it, you know, we heard the pre game interviews with both coaches regarding each other. And then even 
after the game or before the actual game was ended, but all but it was over because all CPC had to do was kneel. You could see all the players that were on the field were already starting to embrace each other, congratulating each other for a hard-fought game. Um, and, and then just the, even in the handshake line, the amount of respect. I mean, that was probably one of the slowest handshake lines I've ever seen <laughs> because everybody was literally congratulating each other and not just shaking the hand and going by, but saying, hey, great job. You guys earned this. You know, I know that Coach Aaron – and Coach Dixon both gave different messages to different players during the handshake line, which shows you the amount of respect that both teams had for each other. Yep. All right. Well, Kyle, I'm hearing uh, – well, Kyle and Logan, I'm hearing the roar of the crowd in the background. The uh, the 2A game is obviously off and rolling, so I appreciate you guys jumping in uh, for the instant reacts, but enjoy the rest of a beautiful Friday afternoon at Hancock Stadium. Yep. Thanks for having me on again. I hope to be back next year with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we always have plenty to talk about for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle, as always, thanks for being here. Absolutely. I love jumping on with you guys any chance I get. And uh, it's always fun collaborating with you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I do have to give you guys credit. I mean, you guys have definitely established yourselves around the state. So at some point you guys got to start coming to these state championship games and get the recognition you both deserve. <laughs> I, yeah, I know it's logistics. Haven't worked out the last couple of years, but man, I want to get down there. I mean, I'm itching to be there. I appreciate you being my eyes on the turf here to, uh, you know, give us the inside looks, but, uh, Mitch, we still got more to talk about. We'll have our regularly scheduled episode coming out uh, next Tuesday morning where we'll kind of look at this game a little bit more in depth and when we have time to digest it a little bit and uh, yeah. certainly get into class 2A through 8A and just talk about what we saw and things that stood out to us. Yeah, so plenty, plenty of uh, recapping to do from this weekend and the, the games upcoming. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get into our, our awards uh, season and then uh, – We'll, we'll be kind of treading into off-season mode a little bit, but there's always going to be something to talk about. We'll have awards coming up, and I also want to get back to a couple years ago, we did a, like, fantasy football draft at the end of the season. I want to get back to doing that again, too, where we have all the numbers laid out, who played the, who played the best football statistically, but then I want to see which one of us can form the best team. So, Kyle, I may have you come back on for that and help us out and try to try to draft up your perfect fantasy team from this season. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. I remember I had Matthew Bailey on my team, so I think yeah. I won that one. <laughs> I had Mari Roby though, so I had I had Lobdell. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. Enjoy your time, you know, at the state championship games. Mitch, thanks for jumping on. And uh, you know, we'll talk again soon. Thank you to everyone who listens. I appreciate it. It's been a great season. We got a little bit more left, but uh, we will see you next week.